Hey, what's up, dude? Oh, nothing, dude. Just trying to get ready for this podcast. So I talked to John and Ryan. Uh, they want to do the mm-hmm. DC roundtable thing. Um, are you cool with that? Like, I know it's kind of last minute, but with all this Michael Keaton news, I think uh, I think we probably should. Um, dude, I'm I'm not doing that. Me? I'm not doing another. Like, I don't want to talk, dude. We just how, how many times are we going to talk about DC? I mean, we did just do that roundtable. Then we talked about the fandom stuff, but like, it is in the news. There's just not a whole lot going on. Yeah, well, it's just. I don't want to talk about like, dude, it's, it's in the new, like in talks is not really news. I just think it's like DC it, dude. The podcast is supposed to be fun and talking about DC constantly is not fun. Like DC stupid. The movies aren't good. We like, we just had a whole episode about justice league for some, I don't even know why we did that episode about justice league. And we like, we talked about how awful it is and how dumb it is and how stupid Aquaman is. And I don't want to keep like, that's not what we started the podcast for. We didn't start the podcast so we could just keep talking about these stupid movies that we all fucking hate. Like it's annoying. I don't want to talk about DC anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, but it's just like, I mean, it's Michael Keaton. He's coming back to Batman. Like we, we have to talk about it. Like, I mean, you're excited about Michael Keaton coming back to Batman, right? Could this be the end of YHS Podcast? Tune in next week to find out. I don't want to grow up. I'm you want some Jurassic Park. Now playing the kids. Ecto-Gongles with Ecto-Bumper. Neutron the blaster and water separate. Sold separately. From the corner penthouse of Spook Central, all the way to Star Killer Base, this is Yes Have Some Podcast. Do I? Yes Have Some Yes, have some. You know, they told me you people were conceited douchebags. The only place in the multiverse where you can love the book, hate the movie, but still buy all the toys. I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi mask. A what? Please remember to hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed. With your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Yes Have Some Podcast. My name is Craig Goldberg, and I am with Abigail Gardner. What's up, y'all? And no Jacob Walsh. He no. is uh, on assignment this week. And uh, But we do have a couple of guests that we're going to throw to here in just a moment. Um, but uh, I'm very excited about tonight. I'm, we're, we're talking about something I didn't think was ever going to happen in my lifetime. Actually, I did think it was going to happen. Uh which means I was right. My predictions have all come true. Mm-hmm. And anybody who listens to Yes Have Some podcast knows that I am never right. And I'm 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 hyperbolic sometimes. But I have had feelings about I I feel like I'm like I, am I burying the lead? Yeah. What are we talking about? Um Jake doing the Lord's work. Oh, okay. So a, more about the Lord's more work. More about that. Okay. Let's go ahead before we even get to our topics tonight. Uh, get to our special guests. Good I can't idea. even call them guests. Uh, if there was ever an extension, this is yes, have some arms, our two arms, mm-hmm. our this, emergency contacts. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, all the way from Arizona. I don't know what city you're in. Are you in Phoenix, John? Your cable? Yeah, we could just call it Phoenix. I I live in a I guess a suburb of Phoenix about. 10 or 15 minutes away from downtown called Chandler. But yeah, we could just, uh, we'll call it Phoenix. Chandler bong. Mm. 
Arizona, Arizona. Um, John was supposed to be with us for our DC roundtable a couple weeks ago, so this is like a little bit of a makeup. This is yeah. uh, this is uh, yeah. an opportunity for for John to to say whatever it is to share some of those copious <laughs> notes that you took. Yeah, so many yeah. notes. Um, I went kind of hard on that. Yeah, yeah but we it's respect good. It, no. You can you can. Uh, it's it's like when a. Um, it's like when a movie falls apart and then there's all these scripts that they haven't used and then they just piece them all together. <laughs> it's like on. his own Snyder I'll cut. my notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was John's original vision for the podcast. Yes. Um, and uh, joining us from Vancouver, British Columbia area. Is that what? Well, you should research and know where your friends live. I know where they live. He's from <laughs> Canada. Ryan Dole. What's up, dude? Uh huh. Hey guys. Uh, Hi, no, everything's everything's awesome. We're here. We're gonna talk some shit. We are gonna talk some <laughs> yeah. shit. Um, so much. So um, we are gonna be talking about the uh, the DC news that dropped this week. Um, we talked a little bit about Fandom last week, and and I, I definitely want to pick your guys' brains on that uh, because you were not on the podcast last week. So this is it's we're turning into the YHS DC pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's what quarantine has done to us. Yes. All DC all the time. Uh, it's it's the one DC, universe yes, in the YHS universe. multiverse. Yes. There we go. Yeah, there, there we go. Is. There it is. Yes. There it is. That's it. And then later on, we'll all have a conversation about taking turns. No, this is good. <laughs> no, that was actually the multiverse <laughs> happening. They were both they happening were both the same projecting two different universes. That was John Yerkeba coming out of that screen. What movie is that in when the Flash just appears out of nowhere? Is that in, is that in Dawn of Justice? What? Where he Wait, disappears? What? No, he doesn't disappear. Like, oh, you're talking about Batman versus Superman? Yeah, where he, he just shows up. Shows oh, up yeah. in the Batcave while Bruce was is like, "Too soon! I was too like, soon!" Like, fuck off, Barry! I'm on Pornhub. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I love that I refer to Batman versus Superman as Dawn of Justice. <laughs> Such a dumb, <laughs> stupid thing. I'm the only one. Very formal, um, I respect it. Well, well. Before we get to the news, so the news that it, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on plugs and housekeeping and all that. Uh, if you're listening to this, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know you what know. to do. Group therapy. They're aware, Craig. Yeah, they're aware. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of, they're aware. I uh, never mind. I'm not going to go there. We'll we'll talk after. We'll, we'll talk later. I know what you're going to say. Yeah, that's okay. Um, all right, cool. So, um, John, you were not with sure. us for the 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 DC roundtable where we talked about the Snyderverse, but. Just to catch up, I want to throw to you first. What, what is your uh, bef- prior to the news? And I guess I can finally reveal what I've been uh, alluding to. Uh, Michael Keaton is returning to the role of Batman, and uh, that is going to happen in the Flashpoint movie that is going to go oh. behind cameras next year. Um, directed by Andy Muschietti, mm-hmm. who did it chapters one and two, and. Um, it's really exciting stuff. But before we get that, John, before that news broke, sum up your thoughts on the current DC extended universe on film and how you've been feeling about that. Because I know you've been feeling. You got some feelings. I've Yeah, I've had some feelings for sure. Um, you know, it's it's been tough because you, you sit back and you and you watch Marvel and like, yeah, you can rank their films as to which one is the best and which one is the worst. But by and large, all of them are very watchable. All of them do the characters justice. 
and you like they're enjoyable. They've all been successful at the box office and and even the ones that we consider failures within the MCU, they're not failures by any stretch of the imagination. And so it's it's tough to see DC struggle so much, especially when you can look at, you know, their animated series, their animated films, some of their TV shows like they they know how to do their characters right. And it's it's been so tough to to have loved those characters. I mean, some of the first comics I ever read were about Batman and Superman, and I have a huge connection to those characters. And to see them just not translate to the big screen the way that you want them to, it, it sucks. Because for a lot of people, the movie version of a character, if you're not watching TV shows or cartoons or reading the comics or anything, the movie version of a character from any Marvel, DC, whatever, is the one that everyone kind of looks to as like the the beacon. Like that is the version that they reference. That is what that character is to them. And so for a lot of people now, they think about Superman snapping necks and Batman being a jerk who brands people and wants to kill Superman. And Lex is a, a whiny hipster. And like there's there's all these things that are just they feel out of place and misguided and sure you can look at every one of their movies and go like, okay, well that was cool. And that scene was really nice. And and that was pretty well done. And a lot of the actors that they've cast in these roles are great, but just none of them have hit in a way that from beginning to end, you're just like, okay, that was good. I, I think the best was probably wonder woman. And I think they all did really well. I feel like the third act kind of falls apart. And I think if you were to put wonder woman, in the DCU or put uh, Wonder Woman as a film in the MCU, it would probably rank somewhere in the bottom third. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I what's just, interesting. I've, I, it, we, we've talked about this a lot, but one thing that's, you know, when we growing up, there was no presence. Like we're all around the same age bracket. John, you might be a couple years younger than us, but we're all, we're all in our thirties and we all grew up in yeah. the nineties basically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was no Marvel presence on Mm-mm. film. All there was, no. and there really wasn't a huge DC presence. It was basically Batman. That was the only mm-hmm. superhero uh, franchise. So um, we got lucky toward the the middle and end of the '90s when we really had like the animated series from Spider Man, X Men, Batman, Superman, and all that kind of stuff. And that was when it really started to gain some more momentum than just the comics and then like the Keaton and, and Reed films. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, but even back in the nineties, people were talking about Superman on a regular basis. Like, well, since they did the death of Superman, oh, I don't even then, think since death Clark, of Superman too. has the Superman comic books been in the mainstream, anything. And mm-hmm. no one's really talked about them since, you know, everyone just kind of gets comfortable. They're there, you know, that's your, you know, it's cozy to know that Superman is still on the shelves, but you know, it's no one's really talked about it since then. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. And John mentioned uh, Lois and Clark, and then Smallville. So, like, they're, they're like mm-hmm. DC had a uh, you know has always had kind of a uh, an edge over Marvel when it comes to TV properties. Um, but it's just crazy now that we're talking about you know Michael Keaton. Uh, returning to Batman. And I don't know. I want to throw to you guys, and Ryan, I'll start with you. Just even beyond that, um, for context, I've never read the Flashpoint crossover. Uh, We did watch the animated Flashpoint Paradox. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't finish it. I was gonna say most of it. Uh, yeah, we went back to finish it, and for some reason, uh, Prime like wasn't. I didn't think it was great. Like the story's pretty cool, but overall, I was just I thought it was, fu- it was fine. I have intentions of finishing it, but so. um, Ryan, are you surprised that? So basically, to set the table, they're they're kind of they've been hinting at more or less a soft reboot of the DC uh extended universe and they're going to use the flashpoint storyline to do that and kind of reset the stage uh are you surprised by that and do you think that's a good move in general i think it's dumb i think it's dumb i think the whole thing is dumb it's uh i think it's the most stupidest direction that dc can go with this this is the equivalent of being like having captain america's first movie being civil war Okay. We, oh, okay. We, wow. Okay. We don't. We don't give it. Like, imagine if they start. Marvel started with that and just said, "Hey, Cap's first movie is going to be Civil War. It's going to make no sense." Well, they've already. We don't this care. is DC's track record, though, because the the current Batman or the Ben Affleck Batman. Uh, was, he didn't have his own solo movie before. Yeah, it was, it was like, an, bam, right? Yeah, it was an introduction to a character that is already lost Robin and has already battled the Joker and Penguin and is at a, an, an older point in his life. And so this is not like uncharted territory for, for DC. On yeah. Film. I think mm-hmm. this movie is just going to be a waste of our time. Like just to even watch it uh, because I think it's pointless. I think if they're going to reboot it, just reboot it. Who cares? Right. Like nobody's mm-hmm. invested enough to give a shit whether or not, this universe gets rebooted. I don't know. There's Even some there's early. some people on Twitter I read every day that the, there's some version Ooh. of the tweet that goes, "Can we at least admit that Jesse Eisenberg is the absolute best portrayal of Lex Luthor that we will ever get?" <laughs> like it's no. so, I, I see that Dude, all the but time. But those people are getting catered to. Those people are getting HBO Max. Yeah. So uh, let I them have was, their whoa. HBO Max. I thought it was GB Max. Where did I get <laughs> HBO Max from? Isn't it HBO? What's it called? What do you guys call it? <laughs> <HBO>? <laughs> yeah, yeah HBO Max. We love H- you, Superman. We love <laughs> HBO. <laughs> Superman is a yeah. genius. <laughs> HBO Max is GB Max from an alternate universe. Yeah, HBO yeah, Max. I is love flat- you, Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> HBO Max is Flashpoint. GB Max, obviously. Yeah. Um, right. So I don't. I, I still think, yeah, I think this movie is a waste of time. I just don't think we care. I just, I don't care. I'm probably not going to see this in theater. Bullshit. Unless they announce Fuck the you. Pfeiffer. Bullshit. You'll yeah. see it. Unless Wait, they announce Wait. Ryan did not it. see Aquaman. Uh, Ryan, we're gonna do. We're gonna come to Canada and do a double feature, so you can watch Aquaman, and then we'll all go to the theater to watch Flashpoint. So before, oh, yeah. God, this is what I want to know. Traders instead. Um, <laughs> all right, Michael Keaton, Batman. Um, yeah, people uh, have a genuine affection for uh, Batman '89 and Batman Returns. So basically, I was not surprised to read that Michael Keaton was coming back. Um, there's always been kind of murmurs and rumblings of a possible Batman Beyond movie, um, and after they announced the Snyderverse or the Snyder Cut stuff, and then the Robert Pattinson Batman's still happening and. Who can't find? Sure. I, I'm not surprised that they're going to have multiple. There is already multiple versions of Batman happening. And there's already, uh, you know, there's the Joker movie, which might get another Batman. So I'm not surprised that they're doing this. I'm a little bit surprised that they're introducing him. Like, I feel like there's uh, more equity for Warner Brothers in just saying we're doing a new 
uh, Batman movie that takes place in that original universe and make it a solo uh, Batman film. Uh, whether or not they adapt The Dark Knight Returns, which pr- they probably shouldn't because they keep doing that over and over. Um, we get it. He's older now. Uh, but but uh, food for thought, Abigail. Yeah. What What's your uh, experience with the Michael Keaton Batman movies and how do you feel about him returning to that role, knowing that this doesn't always work, right? The, yeah. We're in this mode of bringing back, you know, Han Solo, Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, think it would work Ghostbusters, with, Bill and Ted. I think it's going to work. Like, it, I don't think it would work with Val Kilmer, obviously, but I think that with Michael Keaton that – He's, yeah, and also I don't think I don't think, I don't that, think that's even that in wasn't like, on that's not rumor. happening at the Warner Brothers uh, boardroom. Guys. Oh, I can't start that rumor. Yeah. We're okay. bringing back Val. As much as I love Batman Forever, no, um, I actually was watching '89 and Returns today on VHS uh, when I was hanging out in our room today, and I love those movies. I as much as I love uh, Batman Forever, I'd have to say that '89 is probably like I think the pinnacle and the best Batman movie, probably like number one. Um, I think that Michael Keaton has like a sense of humor and he plays off like I feel like he's the least traumatized and like least like I feel like of the other Batmans always have like so much extra shit and I like I kind of can't like all the brooding I just can't deal with but Michael Keaton I think brings like a likability to it. <laughs> I and love that. Batman, I can't deal with the brooding. Just like calm, you know, like <laughs> Michael Keaton seems to be enjoying his life as Bruce Wayne like millionaire. Yeah. Well, in Batman 89, he's in his comfort zone, right? Because yeah. that movie only takes place within two city blocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two backlot city blocks. Um John what is your history with uh, the Michael Keaton Batman movies? Uh, when were you exposed to them, and what what do you feel about them in 2020? Um, I think they're enjoyable. I I was not as big into superheroes when I was young, young, like single-digit age range. Uh, I honestly didn't get fully into comics until right before I started high school. And so the comics, as far as Batman and, and a lot of those characters go, were my first exposure to that and uh and that was just a few years before batman begins hit and so it's uh i have seen those plenty of times i i think they're a lot of fun to me they feel like really good tim burton movies it's hard for me to enjoy them as really good batman movies not because i don't think they're good but just because so much of what I know and love about Batman for me personally, I don't feel it in those films. Um, I, to me, Michael Keaton is classic. I love the idea of him coming back to do new Batman related stuff. Uh, my money would have been on him coming back as an older Bruce Wayne in a Batman beyond movie. So this is kind of a surprise to me, but, but I mean, obviously he brings that nostalgia and, and, you know, he brings a lot, he brings people back in who maybe have been like, I'm not into the, the, the more recent DC stuff, but people who love his version of Batman and who love him as an actor. Absolutely. They're going to hear this and be like, okay, now you have my attention again. Um, so I, I can understand given DC's recent track record, why they would be like, what can we do to get people to want to invest in what we're creating again? Yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm into it. I, I definitely, like you were saying, Kilmer, I don't think would have been a good choice. I don't think Clooney would have worked. And I think Christian Bale, he probably wouldn't have wanted to do it, but also even if he did, he's too recent. Like he is the last memorable Batman other than 
Ben Affleck, and it wasn't too long ago, so it wouldn't have really made sense. Calling it now, post credit scene, Christian Bale, going to set the world on fire. <laughs> uh, Ryan, <We're> gonna, <laughs> wait, what was that, John? We're going to get into oh. the bat verse. Yeah, sure. Why not? We're gonna, Everybody gets a verse. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone gets a everyone gets to say that they're what their feelings are towards Keaton. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I mean, I yeah. know Ryan, you've got a deep uh, uh, love for B- Batman and Batman Returns, specifically uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, let's keep, let's keep this <laughs> NC seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, and I can. This will be this will be easy to keep NC seventeen. So, <laughs> like, so my first introduction to Batman was not even Batman eighty nine. It was uh, the superpowers toys. When I got a Batman on short card from the Shell station when my dad went to go get gas. And that was my first introduction to Batman. Uh, so then to go from that and then into 89, uh, being nine years old, it was a very, very exciting time. Like, it was just super exciting. And then by the time a year later, that's when I started getting into comics, mostly because of the Tim Drake Robin design. And that was kind of my Tim Drake was my gateway into DC and into the comic book Batman universe. Then returns came out. I realized I had hormones. And (laughs) then by that time I was getting, I was so big into comics and so big into like interested in, in Robin and that, and you know, more his side characters. Mm -hmm. So that when Batman forever came out and we were finally getting Robin, it was probably the most excited I can remember being for a movie since the first Jurassic Park movie. Wow. So it was it was very, very exciting. And then Batman and Robin came out. I was also excited. I came out a little jarred. Uh, yeah, I because I wasn't I wasn't prepared. How I, how yeah. did Forever make you feel? Did Chris O'Donnell he did he deliver on like your expectation of Robin in Batman Forever or was it a little bit of a letdown? Uh you know what? I I I was starving. I was 16 and starving for anything Robin. <laughs> right. And the only time we got Robin, <laughs> it would be in... All right, we Ryan. wouldn't even know. Like he, he wasn't even in Batman the Animated Series in every episode. He would just Ooh. show up surprisingly back then as well. So it was always yeah. like a big deal when Robin showed up. That's how so I, I always felt excited. about the uh, I, I, Batman 66 uh-huh. when the uh, credits would roll. And you'd, and you'd be like, please be a Batgirl episode. Please be a Batgirl episode. And then you would just be like, yeah. boom, skipping school today. Let's do this. Let's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. Uh, I can relate to that. Yeah, we but all yeah, can. But as I got older, I realized that maybe Chris O'Donnell was maybe a little too old to be playing that specific Robin. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's here nor there. Plus, we're talking I didn't about know. Keaton right now. I didn't know where Keaton's he was going to go. Because the circus yeah. must be halfway to Metropolis by now. What? <laughs> yeah, that, what? Oh, that was such an exciting line. I was so excited. Oh, <laughs> it was so, it was so exciting. That I, was man. the true dawn of justice, right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, like, and that got like, and if you watch Returns and you watch Forever back to back, they blend over actually quite nicely. They actually do feel like they're connected. Where Batman and Robin doesn't does i don't know it's weird but so that's a good returns and forever blend together pretty well that's mm-hmm. a good segue so one thing that so we should mention that um really sad joel schumacher passed away uh just completely ironically the same day that all this stuff was uh uh being announced mm-hmm. and uh he you know 
we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but he had he had an incredible career. He did some amazing movies. He did The Lost Boys. He did St. Elmo's Fire and A Time to Kill. All, so much great stuff. And obviously Batman Forever and, and Batman and Robin. Um, they are they specifically said in these articles in the trades that uh, this movie will take place, uh, you know, whatever, 30 years after Batman Returns. And they're going to ignore the events of Batman. Uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, which I understand. Uh, but when those movies came out, they were firmly in the same universe, uh, even though they didn't really mm-hmm. go too far out of their way, except for there's that one line. I think they maybe allude to Catwoman and Batman Forever at one point. There's like a... Yeah, or do I need to sing tight final and a whip? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I remember when that happened, I was like, this is my second Dawn of Justice. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess, I guess John, uh, I'll throw to you first. Um, how do you like those movies exist and they're going back into that universe. They're doing a little bit of rewriting of history. Um, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel fine with that just because it's 2020 and I'm not going to get hung up on if that's what it takes to get Michael Keaton back then, then so be it. But um, uh, I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I always think it's weird when they go out of their way to specifically say these things didn't happen. Uh, regarding like which sequel they're coming after or which, you know, which film they're going to kind of make things a sequel to. And uh, because very rarely do I ever feel like whatever sequels they're cutting out are like, have those movies done anything that is just like irreparable? Like if you made another one, you would have to acknowledge everything that happened in the, in those films. And, and I feel that way with this one, especially because you know, if if you were to count Batman Forever and Batman and Robin as canon, you know, OK, so that means he had a Robin, he had a Batgirl and he had a few new villains and right, Alfred right. is dead. Mm-hmm. So now you go and you're saying like, OK, well, we're only going to count Batman and Batman Returns, but it's 30 years later. Well, couldn't we not assume that he's had a Robin or two, a Batgirl and that Alfred is dead and he's fought more villains like there's no. Unless you're specifically going to say, like, hey, remember that time when I drove the car up the side of a building? Like, (laughs) there's no reason to get that specific about what happened in those films. So it just it feels kind of extra to be like, and those don't count. Right. Like, does it matter? I'm banking on CGI Michael Go, uh, Alfred. Mm. as a hologram oh man see and that's where they that's Jarvis where it's like his face on a computer and his (laughs) voice someone doing his voice right you mean like in Batman and Robin (laughs) yeah exactly that's it that's all you would have to do um Ryan what uh what are your thoughts on that well clearly I think it's bullshit the (laughs) like don't be ashamed of what you made and I mean Batman has always evolved. And I always thought if they kept those two movies, it would actually almost replicate the comics a little bit where he goes really dark. And well, actually Robin debuted less than a year after Batman debuted, but that's beside the point, but it's kind of like, you know, the, uh, you know, you have your dark Batman and then he gets Robin, things get lighter, things get goofy. And then things go back to being dark. And I kind of thought if they kept that, it would kind of, you would see that timeline progress in the movies as well. And I thought that would kind of be like be a fun nod and you don't, you, they could do no more than just have Batman and the Batman and Robin Robin suit. 
yeah. in in a glass in, case. In the cave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, you, don't you don't need have anything else. Gun in there somewhere. Like he's got all the yep. weapons stored away. The trophy room in the yeah. bad cave. Just I still legitimize you know, it. For fans, I think the, yeah. the, the the opportunity they're missing is to possibly bring back Jim Carrey as the Riddler, yeah, in some way. And I yeah, think he did survive. Yeah, and I think he did uh, survive. Here's, here's what I would love to see with this is is give, because in context, you know, Michael Keaton coming back for Flashpoint, and we're assuming that when Barry goes for his run and and Flashpoints to wherever, he's gonna see. He's basically going to be in the world of Michael Keaton, Batman. And so I think to show a Batman and weirdly enough, similar to Affleck, who has been through a lot, he's had a career, he's had partners, he's lost partners, he's done all these things. And and now he doesn't have that anymore. And here's Barry, who is, you know as far as the comic and the animated version ran and created flashpoint because he was so distraught about not being able to help his dad and save his mom. He like now he's faced with a Batman who had all those things and lost them. And, and like, there's a, there's a opportunity to kind of get Barry's mindset into like, Hey, don't take what you do have for granted being too concerned about what you don't have. And right. And I think by, letting us see all of the things he's been through with like the suits in the cave and characters that have died or moved on or all the things he's done that just adds more texture to that. That gives more weight to whatever Bruce might say in terms of like, Barry, don't, don't take what you have for granted. Right. One thing. So, you know, I'm I'm not an expert on flashpoint uh, or PowerPoint uh, as I kept calling it (laughs) Um, in that storyline, as I am to understand uh, Flash creates the multiverse, goes back in time, does all that stuff, encounters Batman. Um, the Batman he encounters is a more violent, gun-toting, gray-suited... I like the suit, by the way. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the rumor had been um, that it was going to be Jeffrey Dean Morgan and uh, kind of keeping with the storyline that it would actually be Thomas Wayne. Um, mm-hmm. maybe all of that is still going to happen, but I do not believe that, you know, the thing is there's a chance that Michael Keaton as Batman in this movie, it might be five minutes. Like we don't know, but I do not believe if they're bringing back Michael Keaton, I don't believe for a second that they're going to make it this weird alternate version of Michael Keaton. Like, I think this will be no. firmly set mm-hmm. in. And so my question to you guys is how faithful to the comics or, you know, the, I guess you guys can answer this. How faithful do you think they should stay to the comics as they adapt uh, Flashpoint? And will we see multiple Batmans? Because I feel like we will. You want to go first, Ryan? Sure. Um, I don't think it has to be faithful to the comic at all at this point. Like if you're, you're, if you're already getting Keaton Batman and you're trying to make a multiverse based on the movies you've already made, then throw the, just call it Flashpoint paradox and, that's it. Like, I mean, Marvel does that already as well. Age of Ultron, the comics is completely different. Mm. Civil War is different as well. I mean, they can keep the title. That's fine. Uh, but I would not expect it to be anything close to the comic. Cause I mean, if they're going to keep it close to the comic, we're going to get a whole scene where we get to see Wonder Woman and Aquaman get it on. And then Aquaman or not Aquaman, uh, Wonder Woman will cut off uh, Mira's head. 
and dangle it in front of him and saying, get this bitch out of the way. Whoa. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. man. Yeah, yeah. Does that happen in that animated like movie? It's yeah, man. Movie, yeah. I guess right, movie. Imagine just Amber Heard's it. head. Yeah. Yeah. Amber well, Heard's now head. I, now like I Gal Gadot's hands. Okay. Like, ah, screw it. <laughs> All right. Cuts to I'm gonna... Amber Heard's head, and then it just cuts to Johnny Depp. fucking yeah. <laughs> Jack Sparrow yeah, for some reason. <laughs> right. Oh, so you should let be, me like, do that would... <laughs> And it would get pretty dark. And I mean, like, they're it's all about them going to the end of the world and stuff. And what did they say? They said the Keaton world is actually going to be like a mixture between Keaton and Batman beyond. Well, I mean that, that I'm interested to see that Tim Burton Gotham that he set up, what, what that is 30 years later. I don't, I do not foresee that world having any other superheroes besides Batman. I, I just don't, I don't think this works and is impactful if the Flash encounters Michael Keaton and there's already Cyborg and Superman and all that shit, like I think whatever that interaction is, it's going to be uh, uh, that's just my opinion. Like I have no, I can't base that on anything other than a gut feeling. John, tell me what you're thinking right now mm-hmm. in this very moment. I agree. I think that. I mean, I I highly doubt that you're gonna go get Keaton and make a big announcement if it's basically just a cameo. I, I have a feeling that. Whereas the comic and the animated Flashpoint was all about a Barry Allen who, you know, has been the Flash for a while. He's been in in the Justice League for a while. He is a a veteran hero and he's still lamenting that he wasn't able to save his mom and help his dad. And that's kind of what triggers everything. And then he sees, you know, it's it's less that he creates a multiverse and more that because of going back and saving his mom, it just butterfly affects the entirety of existence. And now he's seeing like, Oh my God, instead of Bruce's parents dying, Bruce died. His mom became the Joker. His dad became bad. Like everything is just messed up now. And it's coming to a head in this giant war between the Atlanteans and the Amazons and everything's going to hell. And I think by, instead of doing the Thomas Wayne um, angle with him as Batman, I think by doing it with Keaton, I think I read this in, excuse me, uh, the Hollywood Reporter uh, mentioned that there's an angle that they want to play with of Keaton coming back and being the Batman going forward, or at least the Bruce Wayne, and treating him sort of as like a Nick Fury for the DC Universe, and that he's like the elder statesman who watches over the younger heroes and maybe trains Batgirl because that is one of the films they've been trying to get off the ground for a while. That's dumb, too. Well, there, there's <laughs> aspects of that that is dumb, but I think I – so I've been trying to rack my brain. They're going to do the Snyder Cut, right, which it'll either be great or bad or somewhere in the middle. But I feel like that will be Ben Affleck's uh, last time we see Ben Affleck as Batman, right? So mm-hmm. I be, But it's hard to have an ongoing DC universe if they plan on it without – Batman. And then we've got the Robert Pattinson movie that's being made by Matt Reeves. And obviously that is completely separate from all of this. So this is a really interesting way to still have Bruce Wayne and be doing something completely different with that character that is unmistakable. Uh, There's no, there's most people, some people will be confused. Let's let's, there's going to be some uh, muggles as Ryan would say that are not going to understand what's happening. Uh, Yeah. But (laughs) Uh, as far as Abby, as far as like the Nick Fury thing, like, do you buy, like, 
I don't think anybody seeing knows. Michael Keaton's Batman as in that role. I just like if the, if you're bringing back Michael Keaton as Batman, you gotta at least give him one or two adventures as Batman. Yeah, you just have. I to. think that's what Flashpoint will be for. I think when yeah, Barry Nick Fury does stuff runs too. into him, he'll see him in like some kind of suit that lets him still function as a fighter in the field kind of like when batman beyond starts you see bruce and he's wearing the batman beyond suit because he's old and he's he's arthritic and he's broken and that suit lets him function and so i i have a feeling that we'll kind of get you know his last glory moments as batman actively in flashpoint and then he'll come back to the main universe and kind of retire his field duty so to speak Right. Uh, Ryan, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on the Nick Fury, the quote-unquote Nick Fury mentor angle? What a waste of Batman. That's, he's, Batman's like DC's guy. Like as much as like Superman as I want Superman to be DC's guy, and he is for us comic readers. But let's face it, when you go out to the, like, when you put your comic book down and you look out in the real world, it's fucking Batman. It's Batman everywhere. Batman's Batman is their centerpiece. And then you're going to like put him in a, on, on the sidelines coaching. That's bullshit to me. And it's like, and I understand they probably do want to do the Batman beyond thing. Then just make a Batman beyond movie. Just make sure there's a Batman. And even since they said they're going to do Batgirl, they're not going to even be doing Batman beyond. So it's not even going to be Terry McGinnis. <clears throat> it's going to end up being uh, dark Knight returns, the golden child where it's Carrie Kelly in the bat suit which is fine, but again, they're just going back to what's in the well from Frank Miller when there's so many other artists and writers they can go to that have told better stories, to be honest, at this point. It's not the 80s anymore. We've had, you know, forty close to 40 years of amazing Batman stories. And uh, they keep going back to that same well, that same writer, that same artist. And don't get me wrong, I have the most utmost respect for frank miller and what he's done for comics but i think it's time to put the spotlight on some other creators and some other versions of batman i think this is such a waste i i honestly do i think this is really disappointing it in a lot of ways again i'm still stoked to see keaton back but he's Mm -hmm. just gonna sit there with a turtleneck he's gonna be sitting there djing his cds and making him skip right (laughs) (laughs) you know it's interesting I think about Suicide Squad too because obviously that Suicide Squad is the next movie in the DC universe that is part of the uh, you know rooted in in you know the the Batman mythos uh, as far as I understand obviously uh, Margot Robbie's in it as Harley Quinn so uh, that's pretty connected to Batman if my sources are right um, I wonder <laughs> though. Uh, that movie's shrouded in mystery. We don't know anything. We don't. There's all these people in it. We don't even know who they're playing. Nathan Fillion's in it, uh, and uh, John Cena, John Cena, yep. and Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson's and they won't say who anybody's playing. So like, um, it it kind of makes me feel like that movie's just going to be kind of a standalone thing, and it kind of doesn't matter if it's rooted in the DC extended universe or something completely separate of it, they're already saying it's not a reboot. It's not a sequel. Like, so they're trying to make sense of DC's plan is ridiculous because John, you and I were talking about the other day, and I kind of want you to talk about this about how it seems like DC is kind of backed into this multiverse thing, but there's no way like 
There's no architecture here. They didn't plan this Mm-mm. at all. Yeah, I see their plan is a result of not planning. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. Uh, what's What sucks is that I think, and I know like DC fans hate when you try to compare their films to Marvel and vice versa or whatever, but like I one thing that I appreciate about Marvel is that they have somebody at the top of Kevin Feige who looks at all the properties, sits down with writers, with people from Marvel comics, with filmmakers, and they figure out like, what is our, what is this arc? What is this phase about? Who do we need to get to the big film at the end of the phase? Who do we need for Avengers one, two, three, four, five, six? What, what are our stops along the way? And they have a plan and they might not necessarily have every script written before they even shoot one frame of the first film but they have a general idea of like okay cool we're going to start with iron man that's going to lead to hulk then we'll have iron man too like they know how to get there and then they hire the people along the way and like we saw with edgar wright on ant-man he came in and they talked and he kind of got into the creative process and they realized as they were talking that out it started to feel more like an edgar wright film than it did a marvel film and at that point marvel and wright shook hands and said, hey, we appreciate everything. We've enjoyed collaborating with you. We've got to keep this a Marvel film. And it was an amicable amicable way to part. And even Edgar Wright will be like, no, I love Marvel. They did their thing. I was going closer to some of my own solo films in tone, and they wanted to keep it Marvel, and I respect that. And they know that even though, yes, each film stands alone and each film maybe has a little bit of a different tone or a different vibe or a different whatever – they're all Marvel films and they're all telling one Marvel story Mm -hmm. and everybody that comes on board is in service of that DC. I think at the root of all of their creative decisions or non-decisions is this idea of like, how do we be different from Marvel? And the thing that sucks is instead of relishing in who their characters are and letting them stand on their own, they're so concerned about, you know, how do we, tonally be different from marvel how do we visually be different from marvel how do we whatever and it's just leading to a lot of really unfortunate like warped hot takes on who these characters are and like deconstructing them when they don't need to be and it's like they've forced themselves into a position where they have like they've said in interviews our goal is to hire a creator a director with a vision and then just give them carte blanche to see that vision through. But then if that's your goal, you need to own that. And if you're going to let Zack Snyder or whoever make a Superman movie, let him make a Superman movie, let him cast who he wants and let him just do his thing for one, two, three, however many films. And then you want to make a wonder woman movie, make a wonder woman movie, but don't, don't try to force those two things to cross over. Let there be a Superman universe. Let there be a Wonder Woman universe. If you want to hire someone to do a Justice League, let him cast all new versions of those characters. Just let your directors do their thing. And that's not me advocating saying Snyder should have you know, done whatever he wanted. But I do think if you're going to try and build your films as these standalone character studies, you have to let them be that. And then if you want a Justice League, let someone come along and do a standalone Justice League film or film series because you can't expect everyone to like you can't tell them, hey, do your own thing. But then when you're done, we're just going to mash them up and expect everyone to be on board with it. Mm-hmm. And it sucks now because I think there's like 
it's comic books. Whether you want to do it on film or not, everybody loves reading solo Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, whoever comic books, and then seeing them come together for Crisis on Infinite Earths or Kingdom Come or whatever big event stories are happening. And they're going to want to see that on film too. Right. And so it's, it's like they want to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Well, you got to earn those. Yeah. You gotta Story earn- needs to trump all. Like you need to know what's going on beforehand and have that kind of structure everything. I think what you were saying, yeah. John, I completely agree with you. I feel like if DC were to sit in a therapist's office, a therapist would say that they need to stop trying to be so different from Marvel and just try to be themselves and figure out what makes exactly. them great, you know? And celebrate. Um, I, like that. Because I like the you idea of the that. Last- They've looked at their last few successes in turn, like, you know, the, the most successful stuff they had before they did Man of Steel was obviously the Christopher Nolan Batman films. And yeah, there is an element of those movies or any Batman movie that you're going to say like, oh, this is dark. It's gritty. It's all about crime and corruption. And, and you know, it's got like a moody atmosphere to it. But it's supposed to. It's mm-hmm. Batman. You don't take that and paste it onto Superman and mm-hmm. Wonder Woman and Flash and whoever you don't that's not your DC universe that's Gotham but like look at the real world you can go visit a really clean really nice city where everybody's nice to each other and then you can go visit a really crappy city where there's lots of crime and corruption they both exist in the same place like right. you have that's to a find point. a way mm-hmm. to translate that to film but i think the you biggest issue say, like everything is like gotham the yeah. biggest issue the the reason why different theme different mood marvel definitely succeeds with that you know DC marvel does. launched their mcu in 2008 the first avengers movie was in 2012 um they earned that first team up and then you know they kept going and going and going and by the time you get to end game you feel like this is a, a journey that you as the viewer have been on with these characters and I'll still say the biggest mistake was after the Dark Knight when they said, we're going to relaunch, we're going to start with Man of Steel. Uh, It has flaws, but you you might love or hate it, but Man of Steel, uh, I think people have some decently genuine good feelings about it, uh, despite its flaws. A lot of people do. (laughs) Uh, But what I'm saying... It is what it is. It's a Superman origin story, and it makes a lot of mistakes along the way. But you walk out going, cool, at least we have Superman. Well, the mistake Mm -hmm. that it made was that it tried to be the Batman Begins of Superman. And just going into the... concept, that's fine. Like, Batman Begins did... Here's what's always so silly and weird to me, is that when you listen to Christopher Nolan talk about his thought process and how he sat down and sort of hashed out what Batman begins would be, he always references two things that inspired him the most. One was Blade Runner. He got all of the people on the filmmaking team together and said, tonally, visually, I want it to have kind of a Blade Runner vibe, just obviously not futuristic. And the second is the Richard Donner Superman, because his concern wasn't about making it dark and gritty. His concern wasn't even about making it super realistic it was about making it true to the world that it was creating it was about the verisimilitude aspect and he felt like that first richard donner superman nailed that that movie's not dark and gritty but you walk away from it going okay that was superman the same way you walk away from batman begins going okay that was that batman. was batman right and no, so right, i think right. the idea of doing why didn't that he do that superman for rises cool. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Right. <laughs> this is a different episode. Uh, that's that's the episode where we'll do that episode when Jake's here, and it'll just be you guys. Everyone team up on Craig. You gonna let him gang up on me? No, like John that? likes Craig, Star on. Trek. You fuck you. I like it too. Okay. I didn't even say. 
say that. Okay. I'm not going to dogpile. All right. I'll help. Um, I think uh, I got really heated there. Uh, I, like I really it. like Anne Hathaway's <laughs> Cod Mom. Um, when she goes, I like Tom Hardy. I don't dislike that movie. I understand you. Oh, no, that there's I didn't mean like you time. were going to gang up on me, Abby. I meant if Jake is here, Jake and Ryan, Jake yeah. and Ryan are going to come after. So, no, that's <laughs> three against two. I think we could take them. So listen, listen, hold on, hold on. So John, I agree with everything you're saying, and I think. Um, I think maybe DC and Warner Brothers, that's what that's the issue they've been dealing with for a while. And frankly, they've probably wanted to this Flash movie's been on the slate for a while. Uh obviously COVID nineteen pandemic released the Snyder Cut. Uh th- there's things happening. I think out of respect to Zack Snyder and the things he went through personally, and also just the fact that Justice League came out and it was a big floppy not flip flop. It was it was it sucked. Yeah. It just sucked. And it wasn't even like, ooh, I disagree with all the choices in this movie. It sucks. It was like, oh, this is just boring. And it doesn't even feel like Batman vs. Superman. It's just like, it's just, it's bland. It's a very bland movie. And your first Justice League movie shouldn't be bland. Um, So I feel like DC and Warner Brothers feel like, okay, Wonder Woman and Aquaman can kind of exist on their own. We feel like Ezra Miller... I'm assuming it's still going to be him. I, he did get canceled like two months ago, but I don't know if that really yeah. ca- caught on. <laughs> oh, I don't know if his cancellation. I want to see the Flash choke some woman in a Walmart. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No, you don't. We don't want to see that. Don't. Ryan. Oh, does. Wait, we, wait, I can. we can just Google it. Okay. Right. Because oh, it happened. Yeah. Um, but so Ryan flashpoint, uh, is this, uh, is this the storyline to adapt? Uh, and well, we kind of already covered that, but since they are, what, what, how, what would make it great? Like if, if forgetting the fact that maybe just giving flash a solo movie that is just a standalone would be okay. Uh, we haven't even talked about the, didn't they do flashpoint on the, the TV shows already? They did. Yep, and that they was did. actually, they, they did what kind of Ryan was talking about instead of trying to do a straightforward, like here is every frame of the comic. They took the core of what it was and they said, okay, how does this, how would an event like Flashpoint affect what we have built on the show? And and they did it pretty well to, for me anyway. Cool. Uh, I didn't watch any of it, but I was excited <laughs> that, uh, that Knox was back for that one scene. Uh, he's like, uh, I guess we haven't even talked about who, who from the Burton universe we want to see back. Are we getting Vicky Vale? Are we getting Knox? What's going to happen? I don't think Gordon will be there. Um, Ryan. Pfeiffer can still crack a whip. Pfeiffer can do it. Maybe. Yeah. Hey, maybe that's what she was practicing for a year and a half ago. Who knows? Mm. Um, Ryan, <laughs> they're doing Flashpoint. In, you, in your mind, what does it need to do to be to get your stamp of approval and say, okay, that, that was good? Like, what would you want to see? Uh, it not exist. Okay. It's, just gonna it's be so fun podcasting with yeah. Ryan. But, but anyways, so besides me being just a cheeky bastard, oh, the, uh, Austin Powers, the, cheeky. I think what I would, I don't, I, I would just want to see a flash movie where it is just what we were talking about before, where it's just standalone, where he's just like, Hey, it's the flash versus mirror master or, or captain cold or something or rainbow Raider, you know, like just have him have, have him do an adventure because we haven't seen him do anything. And so like at all, like he literally learned how to like save one person in Justice League, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's going from that to his own solo movie where he's like zipping through the multiverse. Mm. Like, let's just take things back a little bit. 
Let's centralize it about him. But, you know, they can, I don't know. I just feel like this is just too much. Just make it, I just want something good and I'm not going to get it. I don't even know why. Would you be excited? You know, this just dawned on me. Here's my own dawn of justice. Mm. What if there is a scene with Michael Keaton's Batman and Henry Cavill's Superman fighting alongside each other? Now, that would be something where I would go, you know what? I didn't think I'd ever see this. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't yeah. have won this bit. Yeah. Um, and it feels like Henry Cavill is going to stick on as Superman, but they still just haven't figured out how to give him a, a, his own movie uh, <laughs> without it being, you know, whatever. It's, Kevin Costner it's so dying weird. in a tornado for no Their reason. Their whole attitude towards <laughs> Superman is so upsetting. And that's like a whole different story. But literally like the story of the lone survivor of a planet that met its doom because people, the government refused to acknowledge climate change. And then he comes here and becomes a journalist and wants to lift the voices of those who need it and those who are trying to make positive changes. But then everybody is trying to say, hey, journalists suck. So he decides to suit up and try to make positive changes himself only to be belittled and discredited by a powerful idiot white man with inferiority. I mean, like, like, yeah, that's totally not relatable at all. Like, you know, yeah. At first I was like, what's John even, is he, was he talk? was he watching the news? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But like what I'm saying is same question to you, John this is happening, right? Flashpoint's happening. Sure. What Superman, will he be in it? Who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm sure uh, there's going to be, you know, different characters that come in through. And there's, when you're dealing with a multiverse and people traveling through the multiverse, obviously there's a lot that you can do and you can get away with a lot more. I mean, we might see Adam West Batman. Um, we probably won't, but we might is what I'm saying. Uh, John, what, um, what, what would you want to see knowing the story, right? So you, you're familiar with the comic, uh, uh-huh. You, you watched the WB one. You've seen what? Like, what would you want to see out of this Flashpoint movie that you would go, okay, that that was what they should do. Uh, let's see. I think honestly, I would need, I would need to to see. I think the movie would need to start by showing us because I mean, what Justice League came out in two thousand seventeen, right? Yeah. And and chronologically, that was the last time we saw The Flash. So by the time we get this movie, it'll be 2021, 2022, maybe. So it'll like he'll have been The Flash for four or five years just being The Flash in that universe. So I think if we start the movie and say like, hey, you know, here's me, Barry Allen. Uh, life has been pretty good so far. I'm dating this girl named Iris. She's great. I'm moving up at the police precinct as a forensic specialist. Uh, and I and I bagged a couple supervillains. Check this out. But you know what? I still haven't been able to help my mom or help my dad. And and I wish that I could bring my mom back to life. And then so then it kind of like in a really quick and messy way, but like it, it lets you know, like, okay, this isn't the same guy who didn't know how to save one person and then have him go through flashpoint, have him meet Michael Keaton, Batman. And, you know, they find a way to reset the universe, go back to Barry's timeline, however you want to do it. And then set him up like as your Nick theory of the DC universe, I guess. I don't know. Like it's, it's tough because 
the DC universe, the best case scenario for what they could create coming out of this DC universe or out of Flashpoint doesn't look like the DC universe I, I wish they could or would create coming out of Flashpoint because I, I would have loved to have seen them do something that not necessarily literally translated the comic, but at least like if you were to tell me before all this Michael Keaton stuff, like John, they're making a Flashpoint movie. How do you want it to go? How do you want it to end? I would stick pretty close to the comic given what we might have to adjust for, for what's already happened in the movies. And then at the end have Barry, you know, run back to fix everything. And then the the big moment at the end of both the movie and the film or the move, the animated movie and the comics, I'm going to spoil it for you guys is that, uh, flash gets a letter from Thomas Wayne from Batman that he wrote to his son and Barry takes it back with him through the entire, like he goes back to where he came from and you can tell the universe is a little different. Like things look a little different. Everybody's superhero costumes are a little different in the comics. This is, kind of they rebooted the original version of the DC universe to the new 52 version, which kind of made everybody a little younger, a little hipper, their suits changed a little bit. And that happened, that's reflected in the movies too. So he takes the note to Bruce and Bruce reads it and takes off his, his mask. Cause he's just hanging out in the Batcave and he looks at Barry. He's like, geez, Barry, you're one hell of a messenger. I would have loved to have seen a flashpoint movie where that happens. And he brings it, he brings Bruce the note. And then Bruce turns around and takes off his mask and it's Robert Pattinson's Batman. And it's just this moment of like, oh, thank God. Everything is one universe again. Screw the Joker movie. I hate it. Nobody needs any more of that. It's just this is it. This is the DC universe. And we're going to try to do it right going forward. So but this idea, I mean, like. It's tough because I want to see I want to see the classic Justice League on screen and done well with Superman, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. But, you know, now it kind of feels like they're trying to put something together that's just going to feel really different. And who knows? It might be really entertaining, but it's not going to be that moment of seeing the Avengers on the big screen for the first time where you're like, yes, that's the lineup. That's the shot. This movie is awesome. Ugh. This no, is a great time to be you know what? I mean, if you think about it, though, where Marvel has really succeeded um, and DC on film has really struggled is that obviously Batman and Superman are arguably the two biggest superheroes in the social conscious, right? Like Spider-Man, probably number three. You can make an argument at least. Um, Marvel has successfully injected characters like Captain America and Thor and Ant-Man and so on and so on into the pop culture uh, collective consciousness where the Guardians of the Game, like that's where I want to see DC and maybe that's what's going to happen with Suicide Squad, but the Guardians of the Galaxy went from an unknown, comic fans know it, outside of the comic shop uh, and the basement dwellers, uh, sorry. Uh, nobody knew who they were, and then James Gunn mm-hmm. makes Guardians of the Galaxy, and all of a sudden, it's a it's in the the social construct. Everybody knows Peter Quill. Everybody knows Rocket and Groot, and Gamora and Drax, and and then even the side characters like Yondu and and Mantis and so on. Mm-hmm. DC it's crazy characters have, have a ride at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy to have 
lived in a time where when I was growing up and getting into comics in like high school age, like I was still getting made fun of and hearing people talk about how superheroes and comic books were dumb. And now like you could probably like, I'm sure there are high school cheerleaders who know who Nebula and Gamora and Thanos are and make jokes about snapping somebody. Like it's crazy to have seen both ends of that spectrum. Yeah. It's fucked up. We were all born way too early. Yeah. Um, American (laughs) pie generation. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're from the generation where it's like, Oh, you've never seen the movie where the guy fucked a pie? What are you, a loser? <laughs> I've still never seen it. Um, hey, but John Doe. But Ryan, you're right, though. Those characters are, are they have a ride, right? And the thing is, is we're, 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 you know, seven, eight years into the DC universe. The closest I would say is maybe Jason Momoa's Aquaman, but that's, you know, arguable. Like, I mean, the movie did really well. But I guess as a comic fan, it's got to be exciting to realize that that can happen. But like, where do you think, what do you think DC and WB needs to do to take those characters beyond your, your core three of, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman and inject them into the social construct? And is Michael Keaton going to help or does it even matter? I think... I think what they need to do to get those characters to stick as well as the Marvel characters is just, like I said earlier, like just let them be those characters because like I, I tell people this all the time who, who argue about like, Oh, Superman's outdated. Superman is just a big blue boy scout. He's not relevant to the modern era. He's too kind. He's too this, he's too that. Like if, I could describe to you what a great modern Superman movie would be. It would be very similar to the Captain America movies because at his core, Captain America is a very similar character. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, he's from mm-hmm. a different planet. Those movies he's made from... me like Cap-, Cap. When I watch Captain America, I become the most patriotic. I get a crew cut. Yep. And I sure. stare at the flag. Yep. That's what I do. But like, but that's, I mean, like <laughs> the U S flag, like, he doesn't, he's not, you know, a soldier. He's not, he says truth, justice, the American way, but that's the extent of like his outward patriotism. But in terms of just like, he's that guy who like Superman is not a God there. We need to ditch the Christ image imagery. Please, we need to stop yeah. making him like always reminding people like he's an alien. He's not one of us. Oh, please we stop need to, that. Like, he, just make him a good person. Be, the best versions of Superman have been the ones where, if you had to describe him with as few words as possible, it would just be, he's a friend. He's a guy who, yes, he has powers. Yes. He's from a different planet. He was raised here. He was raised by John and Martha Kent. He grew up in Smallville. He has friends. Jimmy Olsen needs to be in these movies because he humanizes Superman. He's his best friend. He takes his pictures. He tells the story of who he is with Lois Lane. And he like that is his circle of friends. They go out for beers together after they get done at the Daily Planet. Like he is just a guy. And he wakes up every day and says, I love this place. I love my life. What can I do? Right. to make it better. Yeah. You know what I love, it, by the way? That's when I woke up this morning. This yeah. is the third time I've asked, that. thrown a question to John, and he's answered by telling us how to do Superman the right way. So we know what John, you know where John's priorities are. 
Uh, yeah, no, God, like if, if they because here's the thing, like they've gotten how can Batman DC right. Make I don't the Flash know how they screwed it up with Affleck, but they've gotten it right before right. at least a few times. Like they can do Batman, and you look at like Wonder Woman was solid. They could do better, but like it cool. It is what it is. It's fine. Onward and upward with that. They've gotten the Flash right on TV. They've done like each of these characters, whether it's been animated or TV or movie, like. You can get like they know how to do it, but they're afraid to. And I think if they just like completely just bought into their own stuff and let it shine, there's no reason that they couldn't be as big as Marvel's stuff. Ryan, same question. Um, I think I'd say what I said back at the uh, our Snyderverse roundtable. And I think that what DC needs with their characters is they just need to put some heart to it. Mm-hmm. It's less flash, like not the flash, but just mm-hmm. like less flash bangs and pops. Like how cool of a scene can you make? They, they need to start making you care and love about the characters mm-hmm. just by giving them like a good story, a good personality. I mean, uh, take spider verse. Nobody knew who miles was. The comic book readers did. Nobody knew who miles was. And now miles Morales has become a household name. Yeah, he's getting it. It was the first thing they teased during that thing for the whole, like, here's what we have for PlayStation 5. And the first thing they show is Miles Morales. Everybody loses their mind. And you know what? Everyone loves it now. And you know what? You know what? It doesn't take a whole movie or a whole series of movies or a trilogy to do what I'm asking DC to do because. I didn't know much about Miles Morales. I didn't know about the Spider-Verse. But that world was so bright and vivid and colorful and One relatable. minute into that movie, I knew everything that I needed to know in order to be completely lost in that universe. Yeah, humor, sound. Do you know what it is? Visuals. Do you know why? I can tell you exactly what that is. And it's, it's not just even the visuals. It's Sony Pictures' it's, own Ryan Dole. It's Ryan Dole himself. <laughs> Oscar award winner. <laughs> I'm just going to be a shill here for a moment. But what it is was that moment when you first see Miles. And he's sitting there. He's drawing. He's got his headset on, his Sony headset mm-hmm. on. He's singing <laughs> Sunflower. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, it's his dad saying, get ready for school. And then you see him and how he interacts with his dad, his mom, and just just like Ghostbusters in those first really? five minutes when They're you get to meet everybody, yeah. you know exactly who everybody is. Yeah, that's Ooh. good storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Abby, it's, it's a bright color. I will answer your question. You know what, what I'm going to th- no. Oh, what oh. I'm saying is, you can make the same argument for the first two minutes of Guardians of the Galaxy, where. With with very little dialogue or exposition, mm-hmm. you know everything you, you need to know about. You are latched on to Peter Quill. Yep. You understand like his humanity and his goodness and his relationship with his mother has just ended and he's completely lost and alone and now he's being brought up into space. And so you're right there with him. And <clears throat> excuse me, when it comes to uh, world building and opening up and, and making that environment so unforgettable, I think that that's what DC needs to do in order to make these movies better. I think that the world needs to be, if your world is so like unforgiving and cold, then like who wants to save it? Like where, where there's no motivation behind like even the very act of being a superhero and saving the day because it's like, fuck this place anyway. Everything is so drab and like, ugh. So I would like to see some like some life and some um, some better character building and some more humor um, specifically, because I think that would work with, like you were saying, John, with taking Superman and making him 
um, a little bit more human in that, like, he's a good person. Yeah. He's not godlike. Like, put Batman as in a in a humorous way, like playing off, like, oh, so he's a goody two shoes kind of a thing, which worked really well for Marvel. Yeah, so do yeah, copy watch, Marvel in a good way. If, yeah, like if you watch any of you know times in cartoons or any any of the other stuff where Superman has interacted with Batman, there's been times where they butted heads, they've disagreed with how each other does things, mm-hmm. how, you know, they've been buddy-buddy and, and on the same page about stuff, but it's always done in a way where you you feel connected to both of them given how even given how different they are yeah and you also like there are moments that are really funny and there are moments that are really touching like they're people you connect to them like any other character in any other story superhero or not yeah one of one of my favorite uh i i love smallville i grew up with smallville that was my first real introduction to clark kent and superman in that whole world of characters Mm. i will i would never say like this is flawless this is a great show because there's a lot of it that, you know, it was the first real long form. It was 10 seasons. It was one of the first shows of its kind. And now we have Arrow and Flash and Supergirl, and they're all doing that kind of thing better. Yeah. So, like, all of those shows, all the current CW shows, they, they're, they've they taken what Smallville started, and, and they're running with it, you know, pun intended with the Flash, I guess. But, like, one of my favorite things is, like, you watch that first episode of Smallville, and the first time that you see Clark Kent when he's, you know, Tom Welling and he's the main character, he wakes up and he's getting ready for school and he walks into the kitchen and he grabs the jar, of like the actual glass milkman jar of milk out of the fridge and goes to drink out of it without pouring it in a glass. And his mom walks in and is like, Clark, what are you doing? You just drink out of the jar. What, where'd you get your manners? And he just looks at her. He's like on a farm. Cause he's Clark Kent. They live on a farm. Like in that moment, immediately you're like oh god like i i know this guy clark kent he's a teenager he's he but he's also clark kent and and it humanizes him and that whole show is about showing him finding his heroic identity juxtaposed against his parents his friends lex luther all that stuff i don't think we need smallville the movie but i do like i want to know clark kent as a human i want to know bruce wayne as a human i want to know like all of these characters are people. And right. if you're not telling their story as a person, their story as a hero and all of the big moments and huge events and, and things that they do while they're in costume are going to fall flat. They might look cool, but they're not going to matter. I agree. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Amen. listen, we're, we're, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, I think this is some good conversation. Obviously it's going to be ongoing, right? So as far as DC goes, we're going to have new trailers. Wonder Woman's going to come out at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do uh, final thoughts. Ryan, I'll throw to you first. Um, I, well, I guess I really haven't spoke on it too much. So I, 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 I've been kind of playing host here. Yeah, I've got opinions too, you know. Uh, not good ones, but opinions nonetheless. Um, I'm personally could kind of care less about The Flash or a Flashpoint movie, but... Uh, getting the opportunity to see Michael Keaton again as Batman, you know, it's not like, you know, with Ghostbusters to, to kind of bring it to something relatable. Um, Ernie Hudson is going to kill it as Winston. Obviously he always does. Uh, Bill Murray, his acting style has gotten a little bit less. Uh, he's a little bit drier. And he's a little bit more monotone than he was in his early days. And Dan Aykroyd, who knows? He, you know, we don't know what we're going to get with those guys because they're not, uh, you know, 
Dan Aykroyd's really not even a working actor anymore. He he just maybe does you know one or one or two appearances every couple of years. Bill and Ted, same thing, revisiting those characters so long. Michael Keaton has had an incredible career, and over the past five, ten years has had a really nice resurgence. Birdman is an awesome movie. He was awesome in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. So, like, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be able to get back into that mode because, let's face it, his version of Bruce Wayne was very Michael Keaton. He didn't stray too far from, from, uh, from you know, himself. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm personally very excited to see... Uh, you know, I don't care. I, I like multiple versions of Batman because if you read, the, there's always multiple versions of all sorts of comic characters, and there's always one-offs and uh, crossover events and multiverses and all all sorts of stuff. So it, if they're going to replicate that on screen, I'm 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 really really excited. My my only hope is that maybe it spins off into some sort of solo movie for Michael Keaton. I do not want Tim Burton to direct it. I don't believe that he. Uh, will give it what it needs. I think maybe a more young, hungry director who has a deep affinity for Batman and specifically the original Batman movies uh, would be would be the better choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, personally, I'm very excited, and uh, this is about the only thing that was going to get me excited <coughs> for, for the Flashpoint movie because uh, uh, otherwise, I really just don't I don't care. I, di- I didn't even think Ezra Miller was all that great in Justice League. Like he's, uh, I thought yeah. Shazam was better. Right, that dude is it's more charming, and there's more. Uh, there's more meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, Ezra Miller sure. kind of felt like a little bit of second-rate Tom Holland to me, um, but that's just me. So, Ryan, what uh, overall? What are, you, what are your final thoughts on on the things we've been talking about? Uh, well, this is clearly uh, my Ghostbusters 2016. Uh, <laughs> I sound like every dude on the internet at that time because you know what? A trailer hasn't come out, and I'm already hating on it. Um, so. I know that's where that's the headspace I'm in right now. Uh, but I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping I'm completely wrong. I hope everything that I've said negatively today about this, I hope I'm you so been that wrong. Negative. And then, yeah, well, this, it's still dumb. And uh, <laughs> you know what? And lucky for me, I still have comics. And you guys all can have comics too. Go support your local comic <laughs> store. They're all independent. They're all, uh, they should all starting to open comics are shipping again so uh, please go help your comic stores some have closed during this pandemic and the ones that are open let's uh do our best to keep them open and supporting them the best we can amen abigail brother uh i love a comeback i love to see uh the mcrib uh, come back i love when snl is like good surprisingly um and i would love to see dc like have a big turnaround moment and surprisingly just be like have this movie be really good and i'd love to see michael keaton um have success with his like return to the role as batman and i don't know that that's gonna happen with the track record um but i what I'm writing a note to myself. Oh, okay. Sorry. I just picked up a pen and Abby looked like... Okay, I thought there was going to be like... Okay. Craig has notes. I thought I was getting edited in the middle of this. No, I'm doing a timestamp for myself. <laughs> okay. Getting great. Editing in microphone. <laughs> okay. Cool. So... Do you want the answer? Yeah. One of our guests 
coughed while you were talking and I'm going to remove it. Oh, okay. I but can... no one else is going to hear it because it's going to be gone. Oops. And Abby thought I was I thought you editing her out of the podcast. I was like, can I not say Pizza Hut? Did I say Pizza Hut? <laughs> All right, keep going. You know what? Let, let it, keep it in. Everyone needs to know. Right. Um, yeah, now I'm not going back. Now it's fun. The cough will stay. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is it'd be really cool to see DC as the underdog kind of like I have a, a really good film come out and have it starring. Um, Michael Keaton is Batman. And I don't know quite as much about the Flashpoint stuff as uh, John and Ryan, but from what you're saying, it, it I don't know, it, it could make sense. Sounds like there's a lot kind of stacked against it, but... Hey, you know what? I f- before we wrap up, though, I fi- we didn't even really touch on the fact... How do you guys feel about that Flashpoint? Where did these Jeffrey Dean Morgan, like, where do those rumors even originate from? Is that just something so, the internet made up? No, no, no. I, well, as far as the actual rumors that that's what was like that they were going to make that film i they've always teased a flashpoint movie and one of the biggest things that happens in the story of flashpoint is you see that thomas wayne is batman like that is the big like whoa this world is different moment Mm -hmm. and because jeffrey dean morgan played thomas wayne in batman versus superman it was like oh okay that makes sense he'll be batman yeah it was like a very high profile assumption right yeah yeah it, that's so stupid, though. He's in that movie for five seconds, and then you know what happens. Well, the pearls Thomas go Wayne flying. Is in every Batman story for five seconds. So, I had the know. best idea for a cosplay today, Abby. Yeah, no, I literally researched it. Um, it hasn't been done before, but to be like Martha Wayne as she's being shot and falling with like a pearl necklace so that it's like rigged with a clear plastic <laughs> strand that's like so that you can like lift your arm up and the necklace can always be like just being shot apart <laughs> as you fall back for like every you're picture like falling in slow motion in yeah. every photo it looks like you've just been shot yeah uh yeah so that's our plan well it's the only good no thing martha wayne ever did for the world there's not a lot of martha <laughs> wayne cosplay i, I mean look. she also gave birth to bruce right boat, supposedly um all right john final <laughs> thoughts uh you know i i am always like i'm a incurable optimist so i i have gone into every dc movie saying you know i hope i hope this is the one where you walk out and you're just like oh yeah okay i feel like we got something good going i i every film has had something that it's had moments where i'm just like yeah okay that was good i like that that looked cool um the closest that we've gotten like i said it's probably wonder woman and shazam i but again I didn't even mention Shazam when we first started talking. So as much as it sucks to admit, because he's actually one of my favorite characters, I think for me, it's just, it's so hard to invest in any of these films because there's always that looming, like, but the universe sucks so far. And even if they come out and they make a good solo Batman or Flash or Shazam or whatever, it's like, yeah, but what does that mean for the rest of this world? Because DC came out the gate with like, Let's build the universe. Let's introduce everybody in the first three or four movies. And and then we'll worry about like getting into who they are. And now that they're trying to get into who they are, well, the world building didn't really come together. So I feel like we're putting the cart before the horse. And I my my heart, my hope for Flashpoint is regardless of if it is a perfect adaptation of the comic or if everything that was in the original story, makes it into the movie. I just want it to be something that when we come out of it, whether Michael Keaton's a part of it or 
Ezra Miller is Barry, whatever. Like when we, by the time the Flash movie ends, by the time Flashpoint is over, I can walk out of the theater and say, okay, this feels like a place where we can, from here, build the DC universe in a good way. It might not necessarily be a a classical kind of way where you can expect the next time you see the justice league, it'll be Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, Aquaman, Martian Manhunter. It might not be the stereotypical, like this is the status quo of the DC universe, but it'll be something that for whatever it is, it feels good. Maybe Batgirls on the justice league, who knows? Like whatever they do, just do it. Well, let us get to know, get to love these characters, let them be who they are. Because that is going to be the thing that makes people go, okay, I like DC. I like that girl. I like that Michael Keaton is back. Because it's not just for show and nostalgia. It's because this Michael Keaton means something, or this Bruce Wayne means something to this version of the DC universe. Don't bring Keaton back if he's not going to do anything other than be like, hey, I remember him from the last Batman. I know. It's just like, like, just bringing him back for that that shot Mm -hmm. in the trailer where he's got the flash by the collar and he's like... I'm Batman. Because <laughs> like, you know that's yeah. going to happen. Like, well, nobody was it. excited about a Flash movie until it was, until the rumor came out. Right. So, yeah. honestly, like, when they first said, oh, we're going to do a solo Flash movie, I was super excited. A lot of the directors and writers and people that were attached to it, they were all amazing. And all of them gave me confidence. The fact that, you know, before we found out Ezra Miller had some serious issues, they talked about how he went and went to Grant Morrison, who has written some amazing comic books and said, hey, man, I want this movie to get made. Will you help me? And they hashed it out together. Like all of that felt good. But like the deeper we got into the release of DC movies and saw what they were going to be, it was just like, like to me, it didn't feel like it was worth it. So Mm -hmm. if we can like use this film to create something that feels worth investing in by the time it's over, that is if I can have that, then I will be happy. If they go beyond that and they do even more, awesome. That's right. icing on the cake, cherry on top. But just like make me feel like DC movies are going to be good. I there guess. it is. He said it. Make DC good again. He said it all. I don't think I could say anything else. Um, well, listen, we're going to have a lot to unpack over the next couple months. And I'm, I'm the most excited thing I am right now in the DC universe is the Suicide Squad trailer. I'm very intrigued uh, by whatever that movie is going to be. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Before we do, let's let everybody know what we've got going on with Yes Have Some Podcast. Uh, stay tuned to our page for updates on the eBay hang. We've been doing those every Friday night. Tons of fun, lots of good chatter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get on eBay, we virtual toy hunt. Uh, it's uh, it's a great time. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan and John, I'm sure they agree. Uh, I'm speaking for them wholeheartedly. Ryan told me. Ryan agree. told me that the YouTube chat is way better. It's like wilder out there. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's true. It's way more fun. But I didn't night. want you to tell anybody because. Then people will come. Now join it's us. gonna, yeah. Oh, now I it's see. gonna be flooded. Yeah. I see. It's not cool. Uh, actually, guys, don't even bother. We are launching yeah. our <laughs> new uh, merch store, new shirts, new designs. Uh, if you want to know more about that, the best way to find out all of our latest updates is in our official Facebook group. That is kind of what we're. That's like home base for yes, have some podcasts. Mm-hmm. And if you're not part of that, 
which is yes, have some group therapy on Facebook, Abigail. Then what are you even doing with your life? You should join, uh, log into Facebook, search for Yes Have Some Podcast Group Therapy. You'll find our closed group. Most and people know how to get to a Facebook group. Yeah. They just need the name. part of, uh, yeah. Okay, so you find your computer and then you uh, you turn it on. Uh, no, it's very easy. Just search for Yes Have Some Podcast uh, Group Therapy. You'll find it. Ask to join. It's closed. We keep it closed because we keep the content quality. Ryan, you help us with that as an excellent admin. So thank you. Uh, the rule is no memes, literally ever. No you, memes. Just no, I'll just let you speak None. on it. Yeah, Ryan, what, what is your personal feeling How do you memes? feel about memes? I think they don't bring any kind of sort of – I don't think they bring any conversation – uh, because that's what we like to have in group therapy. Amen. I think they're just cheap pops. No cheap pops, please. Uh, <laughs> if there are plenty of cheap heat, related cheap heat is fine. We come in there. Cheap heat is fine. You can come in there with your hot yeah, takes and you can your... blow a little steam off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring it <laughs> late night. Heat, you know, <laughs> a little salt. But if your meme is yes, have some related. Like let's say it's like Abby, and it's just like, oh, that moment when you. Don't let her buy something, uh, yeah. right, or something, you know, like, yeah, put that on there. Or if I think your meme sucks, I'm just going to take it down. Yeah. Do you yeah. guys know how many times like a week? Sweet meme tea. Ryan oh, yeah. will message me about six times a week. Should I ban this guy? <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> it'll be like something. Some guy will be like, somebody will be like, what do you guys think of the new Super 7 Ninja Turtles? Ryan will be like, oh, dude, what a dumb question. Should I ban him? <laughs> hey, by the way, we need a... We need a T-shirt that's like that big bold font, and it says uh, it's it says like cheap heat. There's a check mark, and it says cheap pops, and it has an X through it. I and like that. that. Is YHS. Yeah, I like that. Um, YHS rules. So yeah, definitely join group therapy. We have a ton of fun in there. We talk a lot of toys, and there's a lot going on with toys. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we got some uh, cool stuff. We're lining up some cool guests for yes, have some in the next couple of weeks. Uh, new Patreon bonus content. Going to drop a bonus episode this weekend. So if you're not part of the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash yes, have some. Uh, that free month is about to run out. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. We appreciate it. And uh, also YouTube. I'm working on some new YouTube stuff. Got some ideas. Me and Ryan are collabing mm-hmm. on some cool Batman some content. Some new things popping up. Some cheap, no, cheap, no cheap pops for the Batman toy lines. No, you don't know what I'm referencing. What? Pop. Pop? Pops. Pops. Yeah. Not oh, yeah. Funko Pops. Abby's a social media influencer. Yeah. I got something I'm going to review. I'm really excited. What is it? It's Ooh. a Captain America popcorn maker. Yeah. Yeah. It's in our kitchen. So I'm going to be reviewing that. That's I can't amazing. wait. Nothing's yeah. more American than You know how popcorn. he makes his popcorn. I'm just going to do Thor impressions the whole time. Yeah. Oh, you're going to need the Tesseract if you want to use that popcorn maker. <laughs> Whose uh, popcorn is this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is awful. Um... Well, cool. I think we've said everything we can say. John, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Jacob Walsh will be back next week. Yes. Uh, and he's gonna. Here's how Jake operates. I want to call Jake after this and talk to him about the Twister news. Oh yeah, they're gonna Maybe reboot we Twister. We'll talk yeah. about that. We'll next talk about week. later. Okay. Um, Jake is gonna call and he's gonna. This is how what's gonna happen. Jake had to go out of town. I was like, well, we're going to still podcast. Is that cool? Yeah, totally. Awesome. We're going to talk about DC. He's like, fine. Fuck it. I don't even want to be there. He's going to call me and be like, I was so annoyed that you guys podcasted without me. I know that's going to happen. I'm going to be like, well. I was annoyed that you even had a conversation with Jake that I wasn't involved in before this episode. Well, if you listen to the whole episode, you already heard that conversation. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Dole, John Yurkaba, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, John? Plug your uh, your art 
Ah, yeah. If you guys want to keep up with what I'm up to and what I'm creating and what I'm working on, you can find me on um, Instagram and Twitter. Both of those are at John Yurkaba four, like the number four, um, all one word. And uh, yeah, you check me out, see what I'm drawing. Uh, I have started doing art auctions. Uh, a lot of that money is going to different uh, funds and charities and stuff uh, for some of the situations that are going on in the world. Um, and I'm also always just, you know, posting things for fun. I'm working on some cool designs for you guys. So got a lot going on and, yeah. uh, and I'm excited to, to show that to everybody. Very cool. Ryan, do you have anything to plug? No, just join group therapy, uh, <laughs> like, and subscribe to on YouTube. And, um, yeah, that's it. Watch yeah. I watch every movie I make at Sony. Yeah. There you go. Support your local comic <laughs> there book you shop. go. Maybe one day, Ryan. Real quick. Yeah. Go I got it. I got a recommendation for anybody who's listening to this and is hearing us say like DC is worth investing in and uh but obviously they're not getting that satisfaction from the movies and maybe the TV shows aren't their thing cuz you know they they do inject a little bit more soap opera into things. If I could make one comic book recommendation, Go and find the book. Uh, it's literally just called Justice. It's from DC. It's called Justice. It's written and illustrated by Alex Ross and Jim Kruger. Uh, you might recognize Alex Ross's work. He did the painted opening for Spider-Man 2, and he's done a lot of other really popular um, comic book-related work. But that is literally the whole DC universe, the Justice League 12 issues and it's amazing like literally that is what this what dc films should be yeah and uh, and it's an amazing story so that's my one recommendation cool. for if you wanted to to get into dc and see what it could be uh there's another one another 12 issue series from dc that a lot of people don't know about it's called Watchmen, and i would Stop. recommend everybody <laughs> read that as well um, actually, if you haven't watched Watchmen on HBO, it's fucking that awesome. That shit's amazing. It's very yeah, good. Yeah, you should watch that, More, everybody. Uh, it's very relevant. More yeah, impactful sure. and relevant than ever. We're going to mm-hmm. sign off. Thank you so much for joining us. Have some podcasts. Yeah. We'll see you on the internet. Peace Subscribe. Out, leave it an iTunes review. Log into Facebook. <laughs> We're not doing that again. Bye, okay. everybody. Bye, y'all. Love you. Yeah. Love you.